So we are in our series on the Holy Spirit, and this morning we're going to be talking about hearing from the Spirit and sensing His leading. Last week, Albert interviewed Kyle Bohannon, and we heard how God used a sermon for Kyle and Natalie to really have a tremendous impact in their life. Uh, it was a, a message that David Platt spoke about having our, seeing our lives as a blank check in the hands of God, where they would say, God, our lives belong to you. We want you to use our life however you want to use it. And soon after, they sense God lead and direct them from Alabama to Maryland. You know, I'm thinking, so this concept of a blank check. Okay, God, use my life however you want. And, and Kyle and Natalie sensed the Lord speaking to them and leading them. How, how does that always happen? How do we hear from God? Yeah. And how do we know that it's actually him? How do we know he's the one that's actually leading us? You know, in the Old Testament, God would show up in, in pretty clear dreams, and he would show up on earth and talk to the people. Uh, Abraham shows up with Abraham and says, I'm going to do some amazing stuff in you and through you. I want you to go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. And Abraham might not have gotten all the details, but it was pretty clear that God was speaking to him and directing to him. It doesn't seem like Abraham was scratching his head being like, was that really you, God? Can I really believe that, that that's you leading me? It, it was very clear. And then I think about Israel. Israel, they got, they got a pillar of fire and a cloud. Like, that's pretty obvious. All right, big pillar of fire. It starts moving. It's like, hey, God's leading us. Let's go. You know, and I don't know about you, but I, I don't get those. I don't have that today. Uh, Balaam's talking donkey. I'll give you that one. I would have wondered if that was God talking, if it was the donkey to me. But there are these ways that God was so obviously speaking to and leading people. Let me ask you, does God still speak to us and lead us today? Well, if we have the Spirit of God within us, then God can and does communicate to us and direct us by our conscious cooperation. I think a lot of us would say, yeah, I, I believe that. I, I would agree with that. But practically speaking, isn't this an area that becomes a real struggle? I mean, how, how do we hear from God? How does he speak? You know, do I get this audible voice? This is God speaking to you right now. It, oftentimes it's, it's, it's my mind or my heart, and then how do I know that it's not me and it's really God or... And or others could bring it. And and what if what if I don't hear him? What if I don't sense him leading me? Or or what if what if he was speaking and leading me and I totally missed it? Now what do I do? I mean, sometimes I wish God would just call me on the phone. Like how awesome would that be? It's just like, oh, excuse me, guys. Oh, hey God. Yeah, yeah, I am preaching on Sunday. I wasn't sure what you wanted me to speak on, but okay, yes, you do want me to speak on the Spirit leading us and speaking to us. Oh, okay, excellent. Well, what verses would you like me to use? Oh, hang on, let me write that down. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? God could do that. I don't know that he will, but he could. I long to hear from God, and I want to know clearly that it is him, and I don't want to miss it. Well, this morning, we're going to look at a lot of different passages because there's not one specific passage. And we're going to answer three questions from the Word. 
Why does the Spirit speak to us and lead us? How does the Spirit speak to us and lead us? And then what if the Spirit seems silent and we don't sense his leading? Before we get into this, could we actually go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you for the time of worship to prepare our hearts to, to root us into truth. And Father, we absolutely believe that you do speak today, that you do lead today. And so, God, we ask you to speak to the souls within us and open our eyes, the eyes of our heart, to see you and to see where you're leading us. Give us the ears to hear. And, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us so that we could know. God, I pray for our time now. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, first off, I think it's important for us to answer the, the question, why does the Spirit speak to us? And why does the Spirit lead us? Well, Albert, we've, we've touched on some of these things, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. But, but first off, the Spirit speaks to us and leads us because we're united with Christ. And we live in a spiritual relationship with God. And there are so many passages that we could go to. Uh, Ephesians talks about being sealed with the Spirit and the Spirit of God being within us. Um, you guys remember the John series that we went through and so many places that talk about how Christ is in us and we are in Christ and God is going to send the Spirit, the Helper, to us when Jesus ascends back to heaven. And so it's important to be reminded that God is not some force. He's a personal God, and we are brought into a real relationship, a personal intimacy with God. And therefore, you would expect communication. You see, when, draw, when God draws us and places our faith in Christ, we become a new creation, and we become spiritually alive, where we can now engage personally and intimately with God, and we're united with God in a real relationship. When Cassie and I got married, uh, it'd be 21 years this summer. Wow. When we got married, God joined us in a unique way. Two separate individuals, yet united in a, in a unique bond. There was a union that took place. And so there's a way that Cassie and I know each other more deeply than any other person. Um, when we play games like taboo and charades and that, um, you just don't want to go up against us because we, it's just like we connect, we know each other. There is not just a, a verbal communication, but there is something within our souls and our hearts where we are mingled together, distinct personalities, distinct people, yet united together. As Albert mentioned at the beginning of our series, there is a mingling and an intertwining of our spirit with the spirit of God. And so, therefore, we should expect to hear from God. We should expect the spirit to speak to our spirit because we're united with Christ. The spirit also speaks to us and leads us because we need it. We don't want to overlook that. That's just like the dumb moment, but we need it. We need the Spirit's guidance. We need his leading. But here's the ultimate reason why. Ultimately, God places the Spirit within us and speaks to us and leads us to Jesus Christ. To glorify Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. It should be projected here on the screen. 
It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you all things that are to come. He will glorify me, speaking of Jesus. For He will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Spirit is always leading us deeper into Jesus. Pressing us into Jesus. Giving us the truth of Jesus. So that we're built up into Jesus. And as a result, Jesus is glorified and magnified. That's why the Spirit is within us. And that's why the Spirit speaks to us. So let's get practical then. How in the world does the Spirit speak to us? How in the world does the Spirit lead us? Well, John chapter 3 verse 8 says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God does speak to us, and the Spirit of God does guide us. And there is not a formula. And there is some mystery in this. Just like the passage says, the wind blows as it wishes. You don't always know where it comes from or where it goes. And so, as we talk about that, there are going to be principles that we can apply, but there's not going to be some five steps that we can give us to to make sure that we're hearing. There's some very clear ways that we can hear, but we need to be careful. I think it's important, too, that we recognize that hearing from the Spirit and sensing the Spirit's leading is going to look different for each one of us. Because God made each one of us different, correct? And so the way the Spirit engages with our spirit might look different for me than it does for you. And so we want to be careful that we don't compare or that we don't come up with a one-size-fits-all and that you're not really listening and leading, being led by the Spirit. Okay? Now, and when we talk about being led by the Spirit, hearing the Spirit, it might make us uncomfortable. There are... There are churches, there are people that I know that have, have approached this in ways that I don't think are biblical, that I don't think line up with what God would say. Uh, I knew a guy, sincere, sincere, loved God, and he would lay down, face down on the floor, and he would ask God to speak to him. And he literally would lay there for hours, begging God to speak. And he was so despondent because he didn't feel like God was speaking to him. And so then it took him in a spiral. I don't believe that this is what God says is what it means to listen to him speak. It could be that I, I sit quietly before God. But there are ways that we can approach it that don't fit with Scripture. I think we also need to be careful that we don't over-spiritualize everything. You know, I pull up to Chick-fil-A and it's like, Lord God, should I get the original Chick-fil-A sandwich or the chicken strips? Pretty certain the Spirit's leading me towards the Chick-fil-A sauce. That's a good option every time. You know, it's like, that's not... So we don't want to make everything this over-spiritualized. But on the flip side, and I, I think probably more of a caution for us, for me personally, would be is that I don't become so cynical or even so overly cautious that there's really not a place for the Spirit of God to speak to me. So... 
With those guardrails in place, let's think through of how does the Spirit speak to us. I believe God would make it clear through the Word is that the Spirit speaks to us in objective ways and subjective ways. Meaning, objective is unchanging, factual ways. But then there's also a subjective where it's open to greater interpretation, where there's personal feelings involved, there's emotion, there's some ambiguity or freedom. God's Word makes it clear that the number one way that the Spirit of God speaks to us and leads us is objectively through the Word of God. Oftentimes when we're going on a message about hearing from the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, we often talk more about the subjective, but we cannot just gloss over the objective truth. Albert spent a lot of time at the beginning of this series talking about it, and so, but, but don't forget, God has clearly spoken to us. And we don't have to guess. We don't have to look very hard to find his very words to us. And oftentimes when we're, we're talking about hearing from the Spirit or sensing his leading, really what we're saying is, God, what is your will for me, right? What is your will? Well, his will is pretty clear in the Bible, isn't it? He doesn't make it super complicated. I mean, think about, I'm going to skate through this. We will, we will send this to you. Uh, but God's will is that we love God and love others. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Live out who you are in Jesus. Be those who are set apart. Always rejoice. Bear fruit. Know me better. Grow in Christ-likeness. Obey the clear commands of Scripture. Sometimes we spend so much time, God, I just want to hear from you. What do you want, want me to do? And he's like, uh, um, I, I didn't make it very complicated. I, I gave you all that you need right here. God speaks so clearly to us and leads us so clearly through his word. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't speak subjectively to us, that he doesn't have things that are individual, specific for us. The spirit can do that. The Spirit does do that. Now, as we, as we move into this area of the subjective, it is so critical that we never, ever divorce any subjective sense we have from the Word of God. The Word of God must be the standard, and any leading of the Spirit, any speaking of the Spirit, will never, ever contradict what God's Word says. Now, there are so many ways that God can, can speak to us and lead us, and I'm just going to highlight a few this morning. I think one can be is burdens and longings. Sometimes God gives us an internal sense, a, a, an impression. Oftentimes it's going to be a, a sense of a, a Scripture passage to bring to somebody. Um, sometimes it can be a burden for a ministry. I feel like God, often we say God is calling me to something. And that's a, another way to say this burden within. Um, for, for Cassie and I, uh, when we were living in Northern Virginia, this was uh, nine years ago now, coming up on 10 years, we felt very clearly God leading us, speaking to us to say, I want you to step out in faith. I want you to leave the comfort of a very well-established church you don't have a job lined up. You don't have a place lined up. But I be, we 
really sense God was saying, we want you to go to Frederick, Maryland, where you're from, to be part of, at the time it was Sovereign Grace Church of Frederick, and to serve here in this church. It's like, wait a minute, God, uh, no job, no house lined up. It's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But we talked to the, the other pastors at our church and others around us, met with leadership here. It got to the point where it felt like, okay, it was clear. Lots of people were encouraging us in that. And it got to the point where Cassie and I felt like if we did not come, we would be disobedient to the leading of God. And we had to evaluate that, and we invited others into it so to make sure that we were being protected, that it wasn't just our own thoughts, our own struggles, our own emotions. But all these things led to this burden and longing, this impression from God for us to move here to Frederick. So God can speak to us through the burdens, longings, and impressions. Sometimes God speaks to us through special insight uh, into people or situations. Think about in Acts chapter 8. It says, the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now, I don't know if, if it literally was the voice or if it was just in his spirit, he heard the Spirit say. But have you ever had that time where it's something nags and it's like, I'm supposed to go talk to this person? I remember when we were living down in, in Northern Virginia, uh, when I would drive to church, there was a bridge, and at the corner was a woman uh, who was homeless that was always had a sign up, and I would drive by, and a couple times I just felt like, man, I wonder if I should stop. I just, But I wasn't sure. I felt like there was maybe a little bit of a tug of the spirit, but it just wasn't super clear. And then one day I drove by, and it was like I couldn't shake it. I just sensed from God that I was supposed to go and talk to this woman. So I turned the car around, I went back, and I got to meet Lena, a woman who had lost everything. I was able to go get her some food and then got to hear her story. And then I was able to share with her the story of how Jesus stepped down from heaven to lay down his life for her. I don't know if she put her faith and trust in Jesus, but I believe that was a God-ordained moment that he, he led me to that place. Um, now, could it have been just that I just felt led to stop? Maybe. I don't know. But God can prompt us in our spirit to respond to people and situations. Again, I'm not going to be able to unpack these because there's so much for us to even cover this morning and particularly got a little bit of a late start. But I believe each one of you can probably relate and say, yeah, there's times where I've sensed God do that in my life. Another way that God can speak to us through the spirit is through visions and dreams. And, and this one gets a little bit like, oh, that's, that's a little different, you know. I had a dream last night. I was snowboarding. And, and somehow it was snowboarding with like putt-putt golf. So you had a little, it was weird. I don't know. Like, I don't think that one was from God. <laughs> like, there was no like vision or dream that was supposed to lead me into something because of that. Um, however, God still speaks in dreams and visions. And sometimes what he means is there's this picture and, uh, man, Dear sister in Christ, Kim Sharp seems to have a gift of that. And she has come to me so many times and said, Andrew, I just feel like God is giving me this. It was so vivid. And she would explain uh, this this picture. One time it was God had given her this picture that I was walking and I had this big backpack and it was this, it was so heavy. And the father came and said, let me carry this. And you only need to carry a few things at a time. And I'll give you the right things to carry in your backpack when you need it. And it just came at a time where it's like I needed that refreshment to be like, okay, so many things were weighing on me. And God used that 
Acts chapter 10, Peter has a vision about food, right? God puts this vision and, and dream to Peter to say, hey, food that you thought was unclean in Christ Jesus now, these are clean. Go spend some time with the Gentiles and eat some bacon. So visions and dreams. And we particularly hear about this in other countries where God can speak to people through the dreams and visions. And in those cases, it seems like it's always preparing them for faith in Jesus Christ or the call to bring the gospel. And so, you know, it might not be that we experience that, but we want to be open to all that God has for us. Another way that God speaks to us and leads us is through our circumstances. God can use situations, things that happen in life. Uh, Think about Acts chapter 16, verse 6. It says, They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. I, I don't get the sense that the Spirit came down and said, Paul, not letting you go there. I God is God. I am not. There was a way that the Spirit of God was able to close doors and circumstances to force Paul and the others to go to the places that God wanted him to be. And so circumstances can be ordained by God and used by God to lead and direct us. Now, I do think it's important to put some cautions here. Um, because that open, closed door, we hear that, right? And then, you know, sometimes it's like, well, God closes the door, but maybe he opens up a window, and Jeremy Tucker, he'll go through an open window. Um, but God is, with open and closed doors, we're saying, okay, sometimes it just seems like we're pushed up against something. I want to encourage you to be careful not to make that the only litmus test for evaluating your circumstances. You see, just because something does not go smoothly does not mean that God is opposing it. Could be. Just because a door seems open doesn't mean that's going to be the best, the wisest. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8 through 9, Paul says, I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work is open to me. And there are many adversaries. Have you ever had something where you you step through and you think, okay, this is, this is where God would have me, and then it's just like nothing seems to go right? Oftentimes, don't you then start to question, like, did I miss it? Uh-oh. You know, Cassie and I, we, we came up to Frederick. It was a long road. It took a long time to find work. The work wasn't all that. <laughs> Praise God for the job, but there was ways that it was just hard. Took a long time before I was able to come on staff here. There was times where we questioned, did we miss it? Did we do the right thing? And the reason why we started to question is because there seemed to be hard things coming against us. God, God can bring us to closed doors and open doors. And sometimes those closed doors mean that he just wants you to keep knocking. Sometimes it means he's going to have something else. And that's where the word of God And others in wisdom can help shape us in that. But God can use our circumstances. The last one that I wanted to highlight, and again, there's so many other ways that God can speak to us through the preaching of the word, through the body, through fellowship, all these things. But the last one that I wanted to highlight this morning was conviction. That God speaks to us through conviction. Now, oftentimes when we think about conviction, we often think of it like in, in the terms of sin where, oh man, there's this area of my life and suddenly God brings this like, this sense of 
of just anguish and pain or recognition of the ugliness, and so we, we're convicted of it. But there's another type of conviction. There's a conviction of truth where God suddenly, through the Spirit, illuminates our mind and a truth comes alive and it begins to burn like a flame. I think about Job 42.5 where he says, I've heard about you, God, but now I've seen you. There is a, a new conviction about who God is. Think about maybe the first time when you realize Jesus is the Christ. Wow. That if I have Jesus, I have everything. Or maybe there's the conviction that, wow, there really is joy in dying to myself. That, that stopping to live for myself and to take up a cross is actually going to be the way that brings me deep joy and satisfaction. And suddenly that comes alive. Maybe the deep conviction that, yeah, I, I've gone to church. I've grown up in the church. But suddenly I see, wow, God has given the gift of the church. That's his good design. And I want to live in that. Now, it, it can be conviction of sin. The Spirit can lead us to hate sin. It can help us realize something that we've done and is wrong and, and, and put the weight of it upon us so that we, we turn to Jesus. So the Spirit can speak to us through conviction. But again, in each of these moments, the goal has always been for the Spirit to lead us back into Jesus. So how do you evaluate Maybe it was a, a, a burden or an impression. Maybe you did have a sense. Maybe you felt like God was giving you something for somebody else. Maybe there were these circumstances that were coming into your life. So what do you do with it? How do you evaluate this? First John tells us we have to test it. We have to evaluate these things. And where's the number one place you're going to go? To the Word of God. To the Word of God. And then after that, go to others. The subjective senses that we get from God, God always has us work in community. I mean, yes, there are times where we don't need others around us for that, but, but so often God has called us to, to engage with other believers in Christ to help us discern. Another way that you can, you can tell is sometimes through a peace, that there's a faith that God gives you. If it's in line with Scripture and you've gotten counsel and wisdom, and then there's this faith. Now, when it comes to peace, I think that's another one that we've got to be careful with. You know, it's like, so maybe when Kyle and Natalie, you felt like you were called to move to, to Maryland, God gave you a peace. There is a settledness in your heart. Well, when Cassie and I were, were looking to buy a house, I was praying about that a lot. God, lead us to the right house. I want to make sure that we get in the right house. I want to honor and glorify you with the right house. And, um, and so we, we tried to check about the finances, make sure we weren't going outside of, you know, what we could afford, got the wisdom and counsel, all these things. Got to one house. It was like, okay, this, is, this might be it. And we were so excited, and then it fell through. It's like, all right, well, that must not have been God leading us to this house. So God leads us to the house that we're at in Walkersville. I can struggle with anxiousness. And so it was a battle for me to feel peace. Everybody around me is like, Andrew, it's okay. Just walk in this. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel peace. And if I live my life based on feeling peace, 
I probably would be in a uh, in a fetal position a majority of the time. <laughs> Not that I'm always anxious, but it's just like I could be fearful. And in that case, I I don't think it was a lack of of a biblical piece. I think it was because there was some of my own anxiety that was in it. And so sometimes when God is, we sense God leading us and we're called to walk in it, we might have a little bit of an unsettling. And that might be a place to evaluate and just say, Lord, is it anxiousness in my heart rather than really a lack of faith and trust or a lack of, of a sense that this is truly what you are calling us to? In all these things, again, there is not a formula. But here's where we can have such great confidence to know that we are hearing from the Spirit of God and that He's leading us is when there is conformity to the Word of God and to truth. When there is conformity to love and to wisdom. And when we are bearing fruit of righteousness. We might not always hear from God clearly and correctly. But we'll never go wrong following anything that conforms to the word and truth, that conforms to love and wisdom, and when there's a fruit that is being born in our lives. We talked about the objective and the subjective. I want to challenge us. Hold tightly to the revealed truth of God and his word and hold loosely to the subjective sense from God. Now, if you're like me, I want to honor God. I want to please God, but I can often wonder, did I miss it? God, did I, did I hear you clearly? Well, first off, let's just clear the room. We've all missed it. <laughs> we, we have all missed God, hearing from God. We have all missed his leading at times. And so let's just not be frozen in fear by that. But rather, let's rest in the sovereign goodness of the Father who has secured for us all his plans through the blood of Jesus Christ. As we talk about this objective leading, we want to be rooted in this objective truth. Listen to the words of Isaiah 46, verses 8 through 11. Isaiah says, this is, remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel will stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Isn't that freeing? I think sometimes we get so worried that we think God's will, God's leading us is like, like a dartboard, and we've got to hit the bullseye. And if I don't hit the bullseye, I've missed it. And then if I missed it, now what? It just sends me off in this trajectory that, okay, well, I know God can still redeem, but who knows where it's going to take me now. That is not the way God approaches life with us. Rather than 
trying to sense God's leading and like, oh, God, it's, it's, is it this? Is it this? Is it right there? Yes, we want to search for it. But I think a better picture would be an eight-lane highway where we have guardrails on each side. And those are the guardrails of truth that you know so clearly God has made plain that we don't go outside of those. He made his will clear to us to love me, to be conformed to his image. We talked about those, right? And he says, and then there's this freedom. But, but that eight-lane highway has a direction, all right? You're not supposed to throw the car in reverse. We're going in a direction. And, and there's wisdom that also is on these guardrails. But then there's a lot of freedom there. And he's going to lead you, and he's going to tell you to hit the gas, and he's going to tell you to slow down, and he's going to tell you to change lanes. And there's times where we're going to be clear in that and sense that and walk in that. Other times we're going to miss that. But all of his plans are still going to be fulfilled for us. And we can still be moving in that direction because the direction is Jesus Christ. We're being built into Jesus, and he's going to accomplish that. So what if you're here this morning and you're like, okay, Andrew, I, I do. I want to hear from God, and I want to sense his leading, and I want to walk in the freedom that I have in that. But I'm just in a season where I just don't feel like God is really speaking to me. You know, even when I read the Bible, it just kind of feels flat and dry. I, I'm not sensing any circumstances, definitely not having any dreams. What do we do? Well, first off, I think don't be surprised. Sometimes when I get into that place, I feel like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> well, we're not alone. In the book, Jesus Continued, that we've been going through, I love he uses Judges 6.13 as an example. He says uh, in this verse, Gideon says, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, if God's really with us, then why has all this happened? And where are all the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? I hear about all this amazing stuff God does, and I'm not seeing any of it. Do you realize that there are example after example after example in Scripture where men and women of God went through seasons where they, they wondered where God was, where they didn't sense God speaking to them, where they didn't hear God? It's normal. And here's some reasons possibly why that can happen for us. First, I think one of the most important is that God does that. He gives us these seasons to build our faith. It causes us to press into him. What's the definition of faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. So when I'm in the midst of this season, my faith isn't based on some subjective sense. It's based on the truth of God's word and the realities of God's presence and promises that were all secured through Jesus Christ. And God is at work because he wants to sanctify my faith. And so there are times where when I'm not hearing from him and I'm not sensing his leading, it's opportunities for my faith to be strengthened. Now, other things that can make it hard for us to hear from God can be disobedience and sin. That's just a reality. Hebrews 3.13 says, Exhort one another every day as long as it's called today that none of you would be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. It's possible that there's parts of our life or things in your life 
that are dishonoring to God. And as you're asking God to, to speak to you and lead you, it's hard for you to hear. Uh, when I was in high school, it's about 25 years ago and 25 pounds lighter, I used to be able to dunk the basketball. And uh, you know that, like, for any guy, like, once you learn that you can actually dunk, that's all you try to do. Uh, and when I first started to dunk, um, it was really sore in my hands. And I started to, like, get um, raw on the pads of my hands because I was just hanging on the rim all the time. And, uh, but over time, the skin started to thicken. And it got to the point where it was so calloused that it didn't matter what you touched there, I couldn't feel it. You see these, these layers of dead skin built up so that it didn't hurt anymore. But it made my hands so less sensitive. In our own lives, if there are ways that we, we, rec- we realize that we are disobeying God, we're choosing to not honor God, we're walking in ways, then we're not going to sense him. And we need to ask him to convict our hearts, and to peel away those layers. Sometimes it's hard to hear God's voice because we're so busy. Let's be honest. We live in a world where we get text messages, emails. Our phone is with us nonstop. I can find out more about what you ate and what you did and just a few short scrolls on Facebook. And it is a constant barrage. And it can make it hard. Um, some of you guys know that I, I might enjoy Duke basketball and, uh, there's kind of an ongoing joke in our house because when the game is on and people talk to me, it's just like, look, I love you, but I cannot hear you one bit. I am so focused on watching the game that I can kind of hear something over here, but there is nothing processing in my brain right now of what you just said to me. Is it possible that the spirit of God is speaking but we are so distracted and so busy that there's not going to be a, an opportunity to hear. Doesn't Scripture talk about how God often speaks to us with a still, small voice? Didn't Jesus need to spend time away with his Father? Often we want to hear from God, but we don't place ourselves in a position to. So I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, to make sure that you slow down and provide the places and space. I think another thing that can be hard is sometimes is that God has wired us differently. And some people struggle with chemical imbalance, depression, and temperament. And so it might be harder for you. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I encourage you to keep walking with others because God can use others to help speak the truth of God to you. So what do we do if we find ourselves in a season where we're just not sensing God's presence? Remember the truth about your God. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end, the never-changing, covenant-keeping, Jesus-sending Savior. He is the one, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, who has brought us back to him so that nothing will ever separate us from his love. You see, Jesus experienced a withdrawal of the Father so that those who put their faith in him would never experience it. And so there's times where I'm going to have to trust in the Lord and not lean on my own understanding, and I can't lean on my own sense of God's nearness.
And I'm going to have to walk by faith, trying to hold on to what has been clearly revealed to me. And I'm going to need others to help me hold on. And I'm going to seek to walk in what God has already made clearly known and reach out to others and share the struggle and keep praying and keep knocking and keep asking. Honestly, that's the season that I was in here very recently. I was supposed to preach this sermon a couple weeks ago, and I didn't want to. I was thinking, God, how do I talk to the church body about hearing you and sensing you and your leading when I don't feel like I'm hearing any of it? And then we went through some significant tragedies at the church and in our own family. And God says, I don't have that sermon for you to preach right now. And I told you last Sunday, that weekend, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm calling out to God. I'm asking. I'm, I'm still spending time in the Word. I'm meeting with other people. I'm meeting with a counselor just asking for, for care. And, and God lets me listen to this song on Isaiah 53. And then I go to a board meeting and somebody read Isaiah 53. And then I get a handwritten card that night, Isaiah 53. And then on Sunday, Tim Abel says, hey, I'm, I'm leading communion. Got some things out of Isaiah 53. On Tuesday, I get this little worship email excerpt from Isaiah 53. It's like, wow. Okay. You think the Spirit of God might be speaking to me? <laughs> and what it has reminded me is that my Savior, my Savior has borne all my grief and sorrow. He was disfigured for me. If he would enter my sorrow and redeem my sorrow, he is going to walk with me now, and he's going to bring me all the way home. So that's why I have to lean on not my understanding, but on him and not my sense of his nearness. Because there are times where I'm going to really sense it and other times that I won't. But we walk by faith. So this morning, let's rejoice that the Spirit of God still speaks to us and leads us. And let this quote leave us. It says, Yet even in extreme dependence, seeking to depend on God, the disciples never reduced the Spirit's activity of their lives to a formula. They grounded themselves in the Word, obeyed Jesus' general commands, and looked to the Spirit to lead them, watching for Him, but always assuming He's always leading, even when they couldn't see or feel. The Spirit of God is always leading us, and He's always going to lead us into Jesus, to put the spotlight on Jesus, to glorify Jesus. Let's pray.